0: Good morning, everyone. Good to see you all this morning. I was thinking uh, that I might uh, begin today by singing Stairway to Heaven, but then I thought nobody'd be here after about the first line or two, so we're not doing that. Um, But it uh, reminds us, doesn't it, that Jacob has actually moved on to centre stage in uh, the Genesis account of the of the patriarchs and so we're going to be looking at Jacob today but let me pray Heavenly Father as we share this time around your word this morning we pray that uh, your Holy Spirit might be the one who is our teacher and guide and that we might be responsive to your word and his leading and uh, be people who want to amend our lives and make uh, more and more of the things that we do in life things that are pleasing to you and we ask it in Jesus name Amen Well, as we saw the last time when we were looking at uh, his father Isaac, we see that uh, Jacob was actually a man who knew the promises of God but he couldn't trust God to keep them. And thus with the help and encouragement of his mother he took it into his own hands to engineer God's promises. And this pattern of God's promises and uh, human manipulation occurs twice uh, in Genesis 27. Uh, first when he bought Esau's birthright for a plate of stew and second when he stole Esau's blessing by going along with his mother's incredible plan and tricking his father by putting animal skins on himself and cooking up uh, a feast for his, for his father. Now, in fear of his life because of his infuriated uh, brother's murderous threats, Jacob has fled from home and following his father's directive he's off to Padan Aram, the house of his mother's brother Laban, to find a suitable wife. And uh, as we heard in our Bible reading, en route he stops in the middle of nowhere. To rest overnight. And using a stone as a pillow or protection, uh, he, he lays down upon the ground there. Uh, I don't know if any of you have had the experience of lying on a stone, using it as a pillow. Uh, sounds like a dumb thing to do, doesn't it, really? It's in this situation that Jacob has his amazing dream. Have you ever had a dream some years ago that you can still really remember dramatically now? Uh, Well, you can talk to me over morning tea if you have had such a thing and you want to share it. Uh, Well, what happened to Jacob that night on his journey from Beersheba to Haran was the most spiritually impactful thing that had ever happened in his life up to this point. Up till now, Genesis hasn't recorded any instance where God has spoken to Jacob. God has not even made himself known to him from the biblical record. But that night, Jacob had a very graphic dream and it involved a stairway stretching from earth to heaven. And on that stairway verse 12 the angels of God were ascending and descending on it and verse 13 the Lord himself stood there and spoke to him and God's message perfectly fitted Jacob's present situation he was fleeing from his father's house the God of his fathers was speaking to him but you may be thinking how can God keep choosing such flawed people to do his work, to be the key people in God's great plan of making a people for himself. It really beggars belief, doesn't it, that God would be picking people like that day in, day out, seemingly. Why doesn't God at least rebuke him for his bad behaviour, the way he treated his brother, The way he deceived his father. The way he took advantage of everybody in his family effectively. Well what the Lord God said was a great example of his amazing grace toward a person who is really just like us when we think about it isn't he? So what's God's amazing grace? He said to Jacob. And will watch over you wherever you go and I will bring you back to this land I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised it's an amazing statement isn't it that God makes to him a great statement of his grace and mercy towards sinful people and God makes himself known to Jacob as the man uh, who is Uh, sorry as as the God rather who is the God of his grandfather and the God of his father and we note that uh, God's unconditional promise begins with uh, those he gave to Abraham land, numerous descendants and abundant blessing to him his family and even to the peoples of the earth and then the Lord God makes a specific promise to Jacob I am with you unconditionally the Lord will be involved with Jacob and with his descendants your descendants will be like the dust of the earth and you will spread out to the west and to the east and the north and the south and this promise of numerous and scattered descendants is an amazing promise to a man who isn't even married yet And you might say, what woman would have him if he's like he has shown himself to be? But God continues, I will bring you back to this land. So even before Jacob has left the land, God is promising to bring him back. And he won't even have to find his own way back because the Lord is going to be the one who accompanies him to Canaan. I'll give you and your descendants the land on which you are lying. And this land will be his and his descendants fulfilling the promise to Abraham right through the generations. And I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised. Jacob may have deceived Isaac and hoodwinked Esau, but the righteous, almighty, faithful God will actually not be able to be treated in this way. And this God will treat him differently. He's not going to leave Jacob. He's not going to abandon him. And when he wakes up, Jacob doesn't take long to realise the significance of his dream. We read, he thought, surely the Lord is in this place, and I was not aware of it. He's scolding himself for being oblivious to the Lord's presence. And perhaps he thought that the Lord God could only be found in such holy places as Beersheba. It's a revelation to him that God could be out here in this amazingly remote place and this is you know none other than the house of God he says this is the gate of heaven and early the next morning Jacob took a stone and he placed uh, that he placed under his head and he turns it up on its side and pours oil upon it and and made this uh, pillar there for Uh, sacrifice and uh, recognition by others that this is the place that is a a holy place, a place where God is present and uh, he called that place Bethel which means the house of God so we have here a story of transformations a stone pillow becomes an anointed pillar dedicated to God A distant area, desert place, deserted out there in no man's land becomes the house of God, Bethel. A man running away from home runs into God and significantly from this time the Lord was not just the God of his father or his grandfather but Jacob's own God. And Jacob turns out to be particularly important in the Bible because he becomes the father of God's chosen people. They're called the children of Israel because they're the children of Jacob whose name was changed by God to Israel. But sadly we read that Jacob is still looking for further assurances We read from verse 20 onwards then Jacob made a vow saying if God will be with me and will watch over me on this journey I'm uh, this journey I'm taking and will give me food to eat and clothes to wear so that I return safely to my father's household then the Lord will be my God and this stone that I have set up as a pillar will be God's house, and of all that you give me, I will give you a tenth. So he's trying to strike a bargain, is he? Or is it more that he realises now how utterly dependent he is on God? He's pictured here as one who completely remains at the mercy of another. And it's a stark comparison to his callous manipulation of his brother and his father as he realises that the Lord God cannot be manipulated. It is this God who will supply all his provisions and his declaration that a tenth of all God provided would be dedicated to God is a clear sign that Jacob is very serious about the relationship That he now enjoys and will grow into with this almighty loving merciful heavenly father so what's in this for us well the bible ends up showing us in the new testament that jesus is in fact our stairway to heaven in john 1 43 to 51 we read that Early in his public ministry, Jesus is calling people to follow him with a view to becoming his disciple. Philip does, and then goes to Nathanael, his relative, and asks him to check out Jesus. And reluctantly he comes. And we read from verse 47, When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said of him, You will see greater things than that he then added very truly I tell you you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the son of man so our Lord Jesus Christ is obviously drawing on that story of Jacob at Bethel God is doing that again But now in the person of Jesus and in Jesus, a new place of God's revelation of his plans and purposes for the salvation of humankind is being revealed to people. And we will see in Jesus' ministry, heaven open again on Jesus. He is the place where God speaks to humanity and where permanent contact with God and heaven is made. His death on the cross becomes our stairway to heaven and even the promises God made to Jacob the New Testament applies to us through Jesus for example Jesus is called Emmanuel God with us and says the one who has all authority given to him will be with us to the end of the age Especially as we go out into the world to preach the gospel to other people. Jesus will protect us. No one will snatch us out of his hand or separate us from him or his Father. We're not to worry about food or clothing, Jesus says. God will provide. Jesus currently is preparing a place in the heavenly home for his people who have repented of their wrongdoing. And turn to him in faith and obedience and he says he will come one day and take them to be there where they belong with him for all eternity and none shall pluck them out of his hand and we find the same thing uh, not only in the Gospels which I've just quoted from but also in the epistles as well for example Romans eight thirty-five to 38 who shall separate us from the love of Christ neither angels nor demons, neither the present or the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. As with most of these promises that were made to Jacob, they are made by the New Testament yes in little different ways in more applicable ways for us but in ways that center upon our Lord Jesus Christ they come to us in the in the context of responding to our doubts and our fears and all the things that might challenge us in life to maybe turn away from God, to fail to trust him, to maybe, like Jacob, try and engineer things ourselves and give God a helping hand to make things happen in our lives. These promises assure us that if God is for us, who indeed could be against us? For he will protect us and he will keep us his word is plain and trustworthy his perfect love for us should dispel all fear and encourage us to love him wholeheartedly all our days because he will fulfill his promise just like he did to jacob let's pray loving heavenly father as that Great hymn reminds us when doubts and fears arise, help us to trust you more and more faithfully. Help us to learn from this passage today from uh, the story of the patriarchs, from the way you dealt with Jacob, and from the way that you now have brought all those things to their great conclusion in the Lord Jesus Christ. Help us to really love and serve you faithfully through him, not doubting, but trusting and obeying and living for you that in all things we might be uh, faithful in our service and useful to you in all that we do, that we might bring others under the sound of your gospel to come and know you as the great God that you truly are. We pray these things in the name of Jesus our Lord. Amen.